Welcome to the Students of the Game podcast, hosted by Matthew DeMarty. Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Come on. Bring them out, bring them out. Hey. Bring them out, bring them out. Bring them out, bring them out. Hey. What's up, guys? Here for another edition of the Students of the Game podcast. Of course, hosted by yours truly, Matthew DeMarty. And we have another really exciting episode on hand for this edition. Um, first, before we introduce our guest, who it's a recurring guest, it is Jonathan, our co-founder. I just want to say that Jonathan will be the, I guess, co-host per se on player development related podcasts. So anything that has to be deal with any sort of training, pitching, hitting, development related, Jonathan will be your co-host. So we provide a little more structure. But uh, without further ado, let's introduce our co-founder. What's up, Jonathan? Matthew, thanks for having me. I'm, uh, I'm glad to be back home with you so we can record another player development type podcast. So I'm excited to uh, I'm excited to share some information from my perspective about mobility and the mobility programs I'm writing. So thanks for having me, and I'm ready to go. Yeah, yeah, really exciting. So uh, pretty fitting. We're recording this podcast in the Velo Lab right in our basement where... Our homemade weight Yep, our little homemade training dungeon. It's got everything you need after uh, after Jonathan was just getting his mobility working. But so, Jonathan, obviously you are releasing mobility programs through Students of the Game to try and help athletes everywhere move a little better to help them in their development. So let's first start about talk about your own development and what roles, what positive impact did mobility have on you as a player and how has it made you more durable and stronger? So I guess like a year ago now, I remember you started, you you and one of your friends started researching into Ido Portal and mm-hmm. following his methods. I guess you would consider him. What's his title? Uh, I would. He's I, I guess the the founder of movement culture. I don't know if that's the best title, but he's a movement guy. Yeah. So I remember a year ago, <clears throat> ironically, you came home and you had a bunch of exercises that you had found for me to do because I said, okay, at this point in my career, I had a chance to play um, independent ball for a year. Uh, prove to myself that I can be healthy and pitch at a professional level so one of the next things that came up was oh I need to become more flexible I need to be able mm-hmm. to move better um, I think I'm pretty I thought at the time I guess I was strong where like, st- from a standpoint where strength wasn't as important as important as movement patterning and mobility and flexibility mm-hmm. um, so I could put my body in positions that I was unable to do so I thought okay uh, let me um let me uh, try to loosen up my hips, try to loosen up my ankles, try to loosen up my shoulder. So I remember you and I for a few weeks, a month or so, were doing this mobility type work that you had shown me. I loved it. I felt great. But at the time, I didn't really understand everything that necessarily needs to be activated when you're doing a certain movement. Um, we thought we were doing things maybe as correctly as we possibly could, but in mm-hmm. reality... Once I met Coach Andrew Lissy, I learned that that wasn't the case. So fast forward another month or so, so I guess 10 months ago now when I met Andrew and started training with him doing the Eric Cressy style of um, training and I started doing my movement patterning, my movement warm-ups, I noticed, holy crap, this is taking me an hour or so to get through because every exercise I do, Andrew is 
has his eyes on me and is coaching me through it, making sure that, okay, say I'm doing a wall slide, making sure that I'm not loading my knees, I'm loading my hips instead of my knees, I'm activating my hamstrings, my glutes, my quads, I have my core engaged, that zipper to belly button feeling, and then I'm going through the wall slide motion where I'm trying to upwardly lift or upwardly rotate my shoulder um, to, 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 to move properly through my shoulder and gain a little bit of range of motion and allow my arm to move correctly and hopefully have that translate over to throwing. So that's kind of where movement and mobility all started for me and then learning from Andrew. Um, I've learned, to, I've, there's been a lot that's come up over the last, I guess, 10 months that he's taught me and a lot of these exercises are for, or were foreign to me or they were an exercise that I had seen before and then there's five more developments that you can do over the course of five months to get better at that exercise or add on to it to get more out of it. Um, so I, I guess one thing this, this leads into is I don't want to try to claim to be some strength coach or some movement coach. These mobility programs that I am selling, they are all from the, my player's perspective and what I've learned as a player and what I've learned from being coached by someone at such a high level these last 10 months. So just remember that when you're purchasing the, a, a program or if you're looking at a program like this from me, I'm not writing this from the, from the standpoint of someone who studied exercise science or someone who worked under Eric Cressy. I am writing it from the standpoint of, as a player, these are this is what worked for me this is what I've learned from this coach so I'll take a look at you I'll take a look at your video or I'll listen and hear what you say it might be tight on your body or something that's bothering you and will uh, and, and and I'll and I will write in from my opinion and from my perspective a program that I think is best tailored towards you and then each month going forward in the future we'll add on to it make it a little bit more difficult add new movements on try to try to get your whole body moving in an optimal uh, position to prepare you for your off-season weightlifting prepare you for your off-season throwing or just to prepare you for your off-season because at the end of the day doing something is always going to be better than nothing uh, yes I agree that time should be taken off after a season ends but um, after after a short amount of time is taken off I think that doing some type of mobility work is a good way to segue into your off-season training that was, uh, yeah, that was a really good answer. There's definitely a lot of really good points made in there. Um, something that I just wanted to ask in this for, because there's certainly, especially if you're a high school kid listening to this, and even a young college kid, you could be listening or you could see our Mobility Monday, and you could sit there and think like, well, what the hell is mobility work? I mean, I feel like until you get to college, your knowledge and grasp of training is, is somewhat limited because you're not exposed to you're not really exposed to it, I'd say. You hear more about like flexibility and stretching. So to you, why is it more important that as baseball players, we have a structured and fluent mobility program or at least routine that we're doing a few times a week to better enable us to be better movers on the field instead of just basic stretching and flexibility work that you know coaches have been telling you to do since you were five years old mm -hmm. well if you think about it um if you just sit there bend over and touch your toes mm -hmm. how is that a baseball specific movement what what does that what does that that stretch do that correlates directly to baseball now <clears throat> there's different hamstring movements um and hamstring i guess exercises you could say that might relate more directly to baseball i'm not going to sit here and explain it now without a visual but um I think I think mobility is okay. So, 
This is something I wanted to say. The definition for the word mobility is the ability to, be, to move or be moved freely and easily. So let's now connect that to baseball. We are, we are training mobility because we, we train this in order to make adjustments on the playing field. Say, okay, for example, myself, I'm someone that if you look at pictures of me, I land, I'm a right-handed pitcher, I land with my left foot almost facing the first baseman. I land completely externally rotated on my left foot. And I don't know, I, I, and in my opinion, that is from having hips that are naturally internally rotated, having flat feet where I cannot really put my feet in the ground, grip the ground, and then pull away from the ground when I throw, when I throw a pitch and hyperextend that left leg. So, so what do we do then? We we uh, uh, the the right strength coach or the or the the right coach prescribing this type of program will do something to help put my hips in more of a neutral position. So then we can teach my body to adjust and land in more of a straight line instead of landing internally rotated or externally rotated. Land with my toes facing directly towards home plate. Lock out that front leg. Stabilize it and throw over it. So. The reason why we do mobility, the reason why we do mobility work, is so that we can be able to move our body free and easily. So when there's an adjustment that needs to be made or something that we're working on, whether it's in our stance, our running form, our throwing motion, we can easily not only make that adjustment but actually feel the adjustment because we can relate it to certain mobility type exercises and movements that we've been working on. So that's kind of my way of relating mobility to baseball and why it's necessary. And then you could also translate that to the weight room. You become more mobile and you're able to move more. Um, you're able to move more free and easily um, and feel the necessary muscles that you want to be working. I therefore think that was something that can translate to the weight room and say you're someone who squats with their feet, uh, just a random example, squatting, say you're someone who squats with your feet out, again, your feet and your hips externally rotated, maybe mm -hmm. after doing a month or two of mobility work and really working into your hips, your ankles, your calves, and your feet, do you notice a difference in the weight room when you go to squat? Just yesterday, we were with Coach Andrew and noticed a difference in my squat, and it was the lowest that I've been able to squat with my feet facing relatively forwards in my entire life. My butt was almost on the ground, and I've never been able to do that without lifting my heels off the ground. So that's kind of how I understand mobility and how it plays a role in baseball. The ultimate reason why we do it is so that we can make the necessary adjustments on the field and move our bodies in the way we want to. Think about baseball. Ball is smoked at you, and you have to respond in a split second which way you're going to dive this way, that way. Doesn't that kind of relate to being able to move your body free and easily, training, training, training your muscles to move the right way so you, can, so you can get to that ball or so that you can make an adjustment on whatever pitch you're throwing? If your, shoulders, if your shoulder is weak and you're not able to move as well through your shoulder blade, I think it's going to be a lot harder for someone to stay on top of a breaking ball or lead with their palm and throw a changeup the way that they want to because you're not as aware of where your arm is in space because you don't have that free, easy, and controlled movement of your shoulder. So yeah, that's a really good answer. I think there's a lot in there that uh, that you can learn from. Something that you kind of caught my eye is you kept on relating mobility and movement to the actions on the field, and this is something that we were talking with with Andrew yesterday. And by the way, I hope he makes fun of you that you're calling him Coach Andrew when he's younger <laughs> than you. <laughs> but what we were talking what we were talking with Andrew is kind of 
you know, sports-specific movements, sports-specific training. And something that I feel like I got out of that, at least talking with hitting with him, because he's, he's a pitcher, his area of interest in baseball is pitching. I mean, obviously he knows a lot about training. But as a hitter and someone who studies hitting and teaches hitting and is trying to be the best hitting coach possible, I wanted to talk to him because his movement expertise is far better than mine and far better than anyone I've ever met before is it seemed to me that in pitching and hitting, there are so many times where you can look at like someone's movement patterns and you can say, oh, he's wrong. He's, his hips don't move properly. His arm path is poor. His anything. You can look at a swing or pitch yeah. and catch anything. And there's mean, always some one thing. Yeah, there's always one thing. And, and as Andrew and I, Andrew was kind of asking me some some of my beliefs about the swing and stuff. And it seemed like everything that I brought up, he would stand up and go through a quick mobility exercise and be like, Oh yeah. And so it's, that's just this pattern, like getting into your back, your back hip was Mm -hmm. just a hiding pattern or something like that. And everything he had an answer for. And this is, I guess what my question is, is do you think that from a baseball standpoint, mobility and movement training should be the absolute foundation that if you want to throw harder then throwing a baseball for a lot of people isn't going to help you the first step is we're going to attack your movement foundation then we're going to increase volume and add strength through training and then finally throw a baseball or hitting a baseball do you think that that is the most ideal path to becoming a better mover in the weight room and on the field and a byproduct of that, obviously, is staying healthy and increased performance. Yeah, 100% agree. You hit the nail on the head. I mean, I at the end of the day, something is better than nothing. So mm-hmm. doing simply mobility but never lifting a weight and never throwing a ball in the offseason is better than doing absolutely nothing in the offseason, showing up to try out practice, whatever spring training it is on day number one. But, yes, you're exactly right. I think – from what I've learned, number one, build the foundation, move as correctly and optimal for your body as possible. Just quickly relating that to throwing, there's not one optimal way to throw, but I believe that each person has one optimal way where they can get the most out of their body. And my optimal way is sure as hell not going to look like yours. Um <laughs> So yeah, I think exactly how you said it. First, you have to establish correct movement patterning for your body, moving through the correct muscles. So when you're doing a wall slide, feeling your serratus move, feeling feel, feeling different different um, uh, uh, wall slides with valve sides, feeling your feeling your lat lengthen. And again, like you said with Andrew, at most lower body exercises, loading your hip properly, learning how to properly load your hip before you before you step in step in a rack and you and, and, and try to trap bar deadlift 400 pounds before you get on the mound and try to throw a ball as hard as you can learning to load your hip properly rather than your knee properly those are examples of why movement patterning comes first like you said after movement patterning build strength increase volume increase intensity of then after that throwing begins and then as the season is underway all three of these things are meshed together to help promote the the finished product or the 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 strongest most talented product possible for that season and then in my opinion year ends quick amount of time off same pattern again get evaluated be assessed reestablish a foundation move properly again fix out the little quirks and maybe sore spots that were bothering you from the year 
move properly again, get stronger than you were the last season, start throwing, and the cycle begins again. So, yes, to answer your question, I agree with your timeline as completely as possible. Nice. I'm glad that you completely agree with my answer. So, um, <laughs> so next question we'll go on. So let's move on to your actual mobility program a little bit mm-hmm. and give our listeners some 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 uh, some of the things that go along with it. So obviously you've created a few mobility programs. You've already given a few out. For instance, um, some of my old Babson teammates, some of your old teammates. But, um, a few random high school kids. Yeah, a few random high school kids. But let's go over some of the itinerary for it. And after you go over some of the basics for it, explain why you think that this is a good investment for players to make. Okay. Um, this might be a little long-winded answer here. But the first part that we start out with is, of course, foam rolling. Rolling out with a foam roller, rolling out with a lax ball, something that you do before, that you should do before any work that you do. And just kind of on my sheet, I go over every single muscle that I would like you to hit. Next, we go into the breathing PRI segment. So when I started, again, 10 months ago, started training with um, Andrew, he taught me uh, how PRI works, the Pastoral Restoration Institute. which I'll actually pull up a definition here to read for you guys um, really quickly. Um, But pretty much in my interpretation of it, what it is is breathing breathing exercises while you're holding these different positions and not compromising form. And why you're doing these exercises is to pretty much help realign your internal organs to where they should be. We play baseball, we do all of this one-sided motion. So therefore, hundreds and thousands of throws, swings on one side, you're gonna see misalignments in your body. So my interpretation of PRI is a good base, is not only a warm-up to start your activity and start breathing properly, inhaling and exhaling properly, making sure that you're ready to work for the day, but also this is done to help realign your internal organs Make sure everything is moving, uh, uh, I guess, it, it, uh, as symmetrical as possible. Um, but Pastoral Restoration Institute, um, wait, where's our definition? Eh, I'm not going to bother looking for it right now. But so we start out with PRI and breathing exercises, something that you can, if you want to inquire, ask for more, we can, we can show you more about. The next step after PRI, um, we kind of start more so like in-place mobility, um, so not really something like a more baseball yoga where you'll see like a lateral lateral lunge with an overhead reach or something like that. It's more a type of exercise that you can do standing in one spot. So like a back-to-wall shoulder flexion, you'll see our prone one-arm trap raises, wall slides, um, uh, adductor-type stretches, so more, more mobility movements where you're not having to move through space as much so kind of the start of it then after that we go into more of the dynamic mobility more of your baseball specific yoga where you're moving through space kind of having to walk through different movements and you see more of a direct correlation to baseball exercises so for example again a lateral lunge with an overhead reach lateral lunge load into your back hip to kind of simulate um uh, to, to simulate loading a glute load and loading into your back hip before you deliver a pitch. And then when you hit the end range of your lateral lunge, you hit an overhead reach to help, to, to help the lengthening of your, of your lats and moving properly through your shoulder, through your shoulder blade and through your, through, through your back. Um, after that, you'll see more of a plyometric type strengthening phase where there'll be different, different hide and exercises. So jumping where you're loading your hips, um, 
SLDL holds, so more stability positions where you're holding a certain position and have to keep make sure that you're not compromising form. You'll see some core work where, where we will also work on um, like pelvic tilt, pelvic tilt motions, bracing your core, and then on top of that, some explosive speed work at the end. So the most intensive part is honestly probably the PRI warm up, the in place mobility, and then more of the dynamic, sports specific type yoga movements. Um, and that's where you'll see the biggest, the most core, the, the strongest correlation to baseball before you go into your stability, core, and speed work. Uh, so I think what why this is also so important for even high schoolers or someone at a young, in my opinion, I guess, going off of the question that you asked, um, I think it's good to start something like this at as young as, of an age as possible. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think that young, young kids should be lifting weights from an early age, but imagine you take a 10, 11, 12, 13-year-old, you incorporate this stuff very, instead of having a circle stretch or a line dynamic stretch where a, coach, where a coach is telling you what to do, give them a few exercises to work on every day so that they can do these exercises as optimal again as possible before a few years down the line they start their weightlifting so then maybe this whole movement phase is something that they don't have to spend as much time on and can get stronger earlier then that leads to starting to throw harder earlier and then everybody starts throwing 100 miles an hour by the age of 18 in 10 years from now so you never you never know um but yeah i think that a younger it would help for kids at a younger age to start a program like this because if you can ingrain these movement patterns into their brains at a young age so that this is how they know to move and what they know, I think we'll see younger athletes stay healthier for longer. Again, not just throw harder earlier, but you'll see a higher level of talent, balls being hit further, balls being hit harder, guys running faster at a younger age. If you see patterning and programming like this from a pre maybe a, a pre-high school age so mm-hmm. it's a pretty forward loaded question um okay so some more just journal bits about your mobility program why don't you uh why don't you fill our listen our listeners in on how long the programs will last for um obviously it's a remote program so even though you're not going to be coaching the kids who you'll be doing this with explain some of the benefits that they'll receive that it's not just okay, here, you give me some money, here's a program, now go off on your own and and hope for the best. So just give some of the context to that. I mean, the idea is kind of my virtual coaching, so I will analyze video for you. I'll I'll try to give you different pointers here, there, and what I see working and not working. Each each movement will come with a YouTube link where you'll see myself or Coach Lissy going through the movement and or explaining the movement. And then you'll also have a notes section listed next to your next to the specific movement where I'll have a short sentence or paragraph explaining kind of the cues, what you should be cueing in your brain, what body parts you should be feeling working throughout this program. Um, so that's honestly, that's the bulk of it. And that's that's why I think this is so important because you're hearing from someone, from a player's perspective, my interpretation of what I'm supposed to be feeling through each of these movements and what I feel through each of these movements and my interpretation from what I learned from, from Andrew. So um, so you this the, I think that this could take you anywhere from 30 minutes a day, 20, I mean, 20 minutes a day till 45 minutes a day. Honestly, it's, it's pretty, not that much. No, it's not that long at all. So honestly, it's pretty much how 
how much attention to detail you put in and mm-hmm. the more you learn and the better you get the less you'll have to check the reference the references and have to check the notes or have to check the YouTube mm-hmm. video to make sure that you're doing that you're doing the movement properly so it will take you a little bit more like 30 40 minutes at first but then once you get into something once you get into this more and you're in week 2 3 4 of the month it shouldn't take you more than 30 minutes to complete this now if you if you throw in the extra work that I do list out for everybody um extra sprint work, extra plyometric work, extra core work, then it could be a little bit more time consuming, but I'm also prescribing you something that you can do um, up to, or at, at most six days a week. So mm-hmm. that work does not have to be done every day. So pretty much what I do is it's almost, it's similar to a lifting program where you'll have a workout to do Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you'll have a workout to do Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. If you'd rather do this workout four times a week instead of six times a week, I'm perfectly okay with that and that's fine. And if for whatever reasons you only want to do it twice a week, hey, that's 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 your own personal choice. But I'm prescribing you something that can be done up to up to six days a week where you'll alternate every single day. There's no weights needed. It's all it's stuff that can be done in your living room, in front of the TV, while you're watching TV. Yes, there's some equipment that you could use that could help and if you see that prescribed in a program that I give you and you don't have access to this I have a database that I've made with almost with over 200 exercises so we can easily switch something switch something in for something that you're unable to do so I hope that answers your question yeah that was a that was a really good answer I like how you have a over 200 exercises got a lot of got a lot of depth in your portfolio yeah pretty much in that portfolio what I've what I've done is over the last few weeks Everything that I've learned in my um, in, from my work and my programs, the, the exercises that I think I've mastered, not just physically, but in understanding what is supposed to be done, I've put those exercises in a database that I know I could coach and teach a younger kid how to do as best as possible. And I have that database um, with at the exercises at the beginner level and exercises at my more advanced level that you could see a few months down the line in your program. So also what we're going to offer in the programs, which I did not mention, mm-hmm. and I know you asked, is you can either purchase one month at a time, you can purchase where I write you two months at one time, or you can purchase where I write you all three months at one time. Um, Obviously, the more months you purchase, a little the, the cost, cost, the cost will a little decrease bit. a little bit. Exactly, mm-hmm. and I am always here for you to communicate with, whether it's analyzing video, making edits, or you need to call me or FaceTime me because you don't understand a specific movement. I am here to be your coach and walk you through to make sure that you're getting the most out of this as possible. And if there's something that you just can't figure out and you don't understand, we can work together to, to add in another exercise. But I want to help. I want to help athletes of all ages. Move as move as optimally as possible, uh, as young of an age as possible. Stay as healthy as possible. Prepare to lift weights, um, so that they can be done with the with the best form. And then, overall, give you a warm up. And this can also be used as a recovery routine and mm-hmm. something that can be used in all different types of the day throughout your season. Mm-hmm. Also, I think having a program like this for the individual player, if you have a program and you do it for a few months, and there's now that you're up to 40, 50 mobility exercises, now you're getting your own database and you can help others. You can, you can start to feel things on your own. And it just, it just helps you. It just helps an incredible amount. But, uh, Jonathan, thanks for coming on as always. I'm looking forward to doing more player development stuff with you. 
Um, obviously, for the for those of you who are interested in such a mobility program, please reach out to us at either students of baseball at gmail.com. You can direct message us on social media, or you can contact Jonathan directly at 914-262-1232. But uh, good job, Mr. Mobility. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I hope I cleared up uh, mobility, baseball mobility in my terms as much as possible, and I hope I can help any listeners that are looking for it as well. So one, uh, actually, me. one last question. Yeah. Since the MLB postseason's going on, who's the most mobile man in baseball? Most mobile man in baseball? I know it's a ridiculous oh question, but I'm who's throwing you on the spot. Who's your most mobile guy? And then, uh, let me think here. For uh, when you're I, thinking of it, you have to have people in mind. I, I guess I would have to. I mean, I don't know if this makes sense at all. I would just have to say Elvis Chapman because he has perfect mechanics. I shouldn't say perfect mechanics, but... If I was a thrower, I think I'd really want to throw like him. And he throws 105 miles an hour, blows up, blows it up in the weight room more than 90% of position players, and has beautiful movement patterns. So I guess based on that, him, but I could be severely wrong. Too. Corey Kluber is my Ooh, guy. Oh, that's a good one. Cressy guy. I've seen the man work out. I've looked, I've watched his mechanics in slow motion so many times. Obviously, I'm going to pick a pitcher because. That's that's my expertise and that's what I that's what I think I know the best. But um, I mean, if you watch Corey Kluber load into his hip and how long he can hold that hip load, that glute load position where he's delaying his knee from driving as long as possible, um, and has the same looking release point and motion every single pitch, every pitch is coming out of the same tunnel. That's because he's able to put his body in the position that works the best for him. So Corey Kluber's my guy. Yeah, Corey Kluber's a beast. Love him. But hey, guys, thanks for listening. Of course, if you could please do us a favor, go to iTunes and subscribe to the Students of the Game podcast. It would mean a lot to us, and I will give you a high five in person if I ever get to meet you for doing it. But uh, thanks again for for listening, guys. Uh, Looking forward to the next week. 